0: If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at TNTradio.live. You're with Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: All right, folks, welcome back. We're now our number two of this live broadcast. Thank you guys for joining us. Really appreciate you. Uh, amazing segment with Jason Leosatos. And uh, it's funny, he wrote that book uh, 2012, I think. is 12 years ago. And every single successive year, his book keeps getting more clear. It's like he wrote it yesterday. Uh, so that's always a piece of good artwork, piece of good writing, a piece of good music has that sort of timeless element to it and uh, yeah Jason is a great artist as well as uh, being a very insightful uh, commentator on what's going on in the world today and we appreciate him as well as Basil Valentine uh, in the previous hour, great uh, great analysis from Basil. Now uh, we're going to join our, with our research assistant for the show shortly uh, in just a few minutes but before we do that there's a couple of big stories that um, these are breaking actually and I need to address these because I think they're consequential. The first is that in the United States, a federal judge has ordered the release of Seth Rich's laptop, okay? Seth Rich, former DNC staffer, mysteriously killed in Washington, D.C., a few years ago, during the whole Russiagate-Farrago and everything like this, and the uh, the the railroading of Bernie Sanders by the DNC. He seemed to be somebody sympathetic to that issue. Uh, all of a sudden, he was walking uh, just uh, not far from where I'm sitting right now in Washington, D.C., uh, and he was shot and killed. It wasn't mugged, didn't take any money, and it was put down by the police as just uh, you know random violence in the city. Uh, is that what really happened? A lot of people have questions about it. They've had questions for a long time. The murder of Seth Rich has long been one of those uh, stones left unturned, says the blog Blue Apples here uh, on Zero Hedge. Since the fallout after the 2016 presidential election, Rich, a 27-year-old staffer at the time, with the Democratic National Committee, was shot twice in the back on July 10th, 2016 this is right around the time of the Democratic National Convention that crowned Hillary Clinton as the well the heir apparent uh, she was meant to be president it didn't happen however and uh, he was walking back to his home in Washington DC was not robbed he had his death it was ruled nothing more than a botched robbery do we believe that well there's a lot of other extenuating circumstances that light could be revealed on this story if more evidence comes to the fore and of course why would the uh, authorities be still keeping his laptop if there was nothing wrong if nothing happened this doesn't make any sense is there a cover-up going on here certainly a lot of people have some serious questions although his murder would occur months before the election of donald trump rich's name would become inextricably tied to the buildup that culminated in Trump's victory. Many suspected rich was the source of the infamous leaked DNC emails, which were provided to WikiLeaks rumor that was fueled by odd circumstances surrounding his death and the sudden retirement of D.C. Police Chief Kathy Lanier. Five weeks after the murder, in an email, John Podesta sent to Hillary Clinton's inner circle about making an example of the suspected leaker. This is the person that leaked the information that ended up on WikiLeaks. John Podesta himself was particularly upset about this because uh, this came to be known as the Podesta leaks. John Podesta, former campaign manager, and Center for American Progress, a Democratic insider, consummate, sent this email to Hillary's inner circle, making example of the suspected leaker. That was written uh, more than a year before Rich's death. So this is interesting, isn't it? Uh, this is posted on Zero Hedge. Uh, we'll also re serialize this at 21st Century Wire. Kim.com, Kim.com is a big, bigger than life personality on social media of course his case is pretty uh legendary and is also consequential uh, he has been targeted and harassed and treated unfairly wrongly accused of crimes he didn't commit by the u.s government why I'm getting an interesting look into this story not just because of mega upload he upended uh hollywood's uh kind of the cartel you could say their stranglehold on uh intellectual property and he had his own sort of system, open-sourced, very well-designed, great software developer, Kim.com. This is what Kim said on X, formerly known as Twitter. I knew Seth Rich, said Kim.com. I know he was the WikiLeaks source. Strong words. I was involved. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. There's other people that were involved in this exchange as well. And they know the truth. But the truth, in this case, may not set you free. It might get you thrown in jail or worse. This is what you're dealing with, ladies and gentlemen. You're dealing with a mafia, okay? Clear and simple. You're dealing with a mafia. And they were caught red-handed as they've been caught time and time again, time and time again. They really thought that somehow that these sort of craven acts of of violence against people who were really just kind of good Americans Honestly, with ideals, believing in their job, believing in the the cause, believing in the party, the Democratic Party, and look where it got them. And the cover-up on this is shameful. And it would be good if this was exposed. It really would. And the people behind it, is Hillary Clinton connected to this at all? That's a good question. A lot of people would say, of course. Is there evidence to suggest this or to show this? Uh, I've not seen any. But we do have a lot of um, people implicated into the affair by association. Only the federal authorities, if they do an objective and honest investigation, will they be able to adjudicate this case correctly. But are they honest and will they be objective? Will they succumb to political pressure? There's a lot of arm twisting going on. The problem is in America every four years, something called an election happens. Before an election, promises are made. People are allowed to get into power and it's a quid pro quo. You can get into power this time, but you're going to have to make a few concessions. And here's the concessions. These, this is who you're going to have in your cabinet. That's going to be your vice president. You're not going to reopen that case. You're going to prosecute those people and not those people. And you're going to pardon X, Y, and Z. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how Washington really works. And understand that what we're dealing with here, there are no easy answers, but there are facts, there are facts and we'll always do our best to follow the facts. Now, before we go to break, I just want to raise the alarm here. Let's get everybody freaked out. Uh, who's saying this, who else could it be? It has to be either the WHO or the CDC Two charlatan corrupt organizations have said that there's a new COVID variant on the loose spreading wildly across the usa experts warn of the risks are you guys serious they've even given a name the ba.286 this is such a scam you know we've been calling out this scam the 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 virology industry which is directly connected to the pharmaceutical industry which is directly funding the who and the cdc acts as a type of a sales and marketing arm for these uh, for this industry Think of the, and I have to explain this again because we have to go through this. We've done this, I I spent a year on this, okay? Think of the drug cartels in Mexico, bad, right? Fentanyl, right? Yeah, ooh, crack, meth, all that stuff, bad. Drug cartels, bad, bad. They're illegal drug cartels and they act a certain way, don't they? They, they? They go after their enemies. Anybody who's gonna interrupt the business model that they have, uh, which is predatory. Uh, they're gonna get moved out of the way and eliminated. They bribe politicians, they intimidate politicians, and they decide in many cases who it goes into office and who doesn't, especially in border states like Texas and Arizona, New Mexico. okay? That's the drug cartels. They're the illegal drug cartels. But there's another cartel. It's the legal cartel, yeah, and, and the, it's not Sinaloa, Zeta. And these other sort of, you know, organized gangs, MS-13 or whatever. No, no, no. This cartel, the gangs are Pfizer, Moderna, uh, GlaxoSmithKline, just to name a few, BioNTech. Those are the drug uh, uh, gangs in, in that cartel, okay? And just like the other cartel, they bribe politicians. They intimidate. They can, in many cases win or lose elections, depending on who they're backing, okay? And they they have a predatory business model. It's the same as the drug cartels. It's just another, it's a legal drug cartel. They pay more money to get themselves to be legitimate, okay? They do put stuff out, street drugs, and they launder them through things called pharmacies, okay? And HMOs and the medical industrial complex. And they are hand in glove with the virology field. The virology field makes up the variants, they claim they're out there, they don't show any evidence, they just show models. They show computer models. This is what's happening once again. Are you gonna fall for it again? Think of the think of the consequences. And it, here's the other one, scientific establishment warns of quote disease X while downplaying Chinese pneumonia epidemic. Ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. The reason there's an epidemic in China, in these particular cities, one of them is Wuhan, is can anybody put two and two together? The worst air quality in the world, high levels of arsenic poisoning. Do you think that has anything to do with the pneumonia? High levels of smokers? What do you think? Who gets pneumonia? People who have high risk, tick boxed categories. Ladies and gentlemen, so that's the that's the reality. But no, 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 there's a virus on the loose, okay? And the Chinese in this regard are no smarter. But we see this Dr. Peter Hotez talking up disease X. These people are the shills of shills, okay? So if you want to freak out about the latest virus, just know that you're doing Fauci's work for him. And he is happy that you're doing it too, because you're, you're basically doing free sales and marketing for the pharmaceutical cartel. When are people going to figure out there's no science in any of this science? There's no science at all. It's not scientific. It's absolute hogwash. It's boulder dash. What, what, what else can we say? Can we say anything nice about it? No, it's ridiculous. Haven't we learned by now? I hope people have learned by now after what happened over the last three years. I mean, really? Did you not have enough? are you not entertained ladies and gentlemen i'm not i'm not entertained at all uh let's take a break with tnt today's news talk i'm patrick hennickson your host i'm going to join our research assistant for the show christian james on the other side for some other important news including the net zero agenda and more stick around we'll be right back
0: is a person to look at, and then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! What?
1: Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is gonna be domestic terrorism. It
0: really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of
1: speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want.
0: CO2 sustains all life on Earth. But now, it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We're in hour number two of this live broadcast here on TNT. Today's new talk. Appreciate you guys joining us and a big shout out. I forgot to, I forgot to acknowledge you guys in the TNT chat room, the TNT chat community. Just go to TNT radio You'll see that little red bubble in the lower right hand corner of your screen. That's where you'll enter the TNT chat room. Just log in. It'll keep you logged in for repeat sessions there. That's where you want to be during this show because that's where all of our uh, loyal listeners are. That's where our, our hardcore information uh, maniacs are and where the good mems and the banter happens in the TNT chat community. Appreciate you guys in there. Big shout out to everybody down there. You guys are amazing. And uh, we're going to welcome onto the program, actually, uh, Christian James, our research assistant for the show. And uh, Christian, um, I don't know if you've been following this or not, but I wanted to ask you about... The, uh, climate summit, uh, it's nobody's paying much attention this year. Why? I don't know, maybe because it's not in Europe or it's not in the West, but it's in Dubai this year, cop 28. What do you know about, about this? And by the way, I heard Christian that Greta Thunberg was going to protest, but she had to take a camel through the hidden corridor uh, through the saudi arabian desert and she's on her way to dubai as we speak but she couldn't come by plane obviously because of the the hypocrisy of burning all those uh, fossil fuels and uh, carbon so she's coming by camel what do you think about that that's what i heard it could be true i saw it on uh, telegram go ahead
2: walk the route of uh dubai's uh... Planned the line that um, infra- infrastructure project that she has of that going on about that. Maybe oh, the, Saudi, that the
1: Saudi, project.
2: I, I, the no, the right. So that's yeah. That's, it. So that's that's perhaps it's going to where they've got this uh, the COP twenty eight happening in Dubai. That's the that's the big climate green agenda this week. Um, so all the world leaders are there. What are we going to do about the climate? Uh, what can we enforce and what can we change? And how have we um, what have we done since the last time? So the conference is on today. It started uh, about ten o'clock their time, so that is it has concluded for today. I am aware that they are broadcasting some of it today. Now I haven't caught it because I've been quite busy today. But what I did catch was a particular interesting story that is definitely worth uh, reiterating here, and I will drop a link into the altar, into the chat box so people can have a an idea what this is. Let me just drop that into there now. So this is an article out by Reuters. Um, So and it talks particularly about one of the things that's on the agenda here this week, and that's about a carbon inclusion program that's uh, currently active in China. China this year have uh, quite the stance at uh, COP28. Um, So the one thing they are touting has been very successful is what they're calling the uh, the carbon road for everybody, which is um, the login of people's use of public transport. Um, encouraging citizens to ditch their cars, plant trees, cut their energy use. And in doing so, you actually will earn a carbon credit. And this will be uh, used as a functional credit token against uh, people's credit score um, to improve their credit score. And they're calling it as part of their carbon inclusion program to be ready for 2030. There's been a lot of uh, debate around what this is going to look like, but they've got some science to back it up. So the Chinese Academy of Sciences and also... Uh, the reason I'm aware of this also because the University of Nottingham, where I'm based, is actually doing part of this program. And uh, so the I've got to quote this guy, Zhongha. Ha. Uh, so the carbon inclusion is a huge program and an effective way to mobilize the public now and practicing low carbon, zero carbon and negative carbon activities. And I want to bring down um, the Chinese because obviously they have the largest amount of uh, Stuff going into the atmosphere, should we say, particularly in regards to America, China, India, they're the ones putting most of the stuff into the environment. So their way of um, minimizing this is to have personal carbon accounts. This is what they're talking about today. Um, So the People's Bank of China have got a new pilot scheme ready to go called the Carbon to Gold Scheme, and it's going on in a number of cities. Um, The idea is they want various factors now to be a measurable um, visualization of their their actions against climate so people have the idea of no it's no longer coins or some kind of a green credit system they want to be able people to be able to see what effect they're having on the environment so they, they want to um as they put it to change the human behavior including how people go to work heat their household put out the trash it's all about verification so now they want to be able to monitor that in real time via your smartphones at all time um which in the past has, has been on a volunteer basis, that has resulted in confusion, inconsistency. But uh, the idea is now they want this to be platform standard. You know, this they want this as a full rollout across China. And I guess they are going to be the blueprint technology system for what they will be have. I guess going across the world. If you, if you've been a if you've been looking at your bank, particularly Santander, you're aware that um, you now have you know your money segregated into sections about what it is that you've spent on with a tag saying what it is. Um, you know, was it was it a green purchase, was it a good purchase, was it a negative purchase? What have you done? What's its uh, what's its climate route, in fact? So this is uh, a more compulsory version against something that I'm former was voluntary. Um so this is now um this is on full rollout. I believe this is the case to be and the world will now take notice, take sense and will likely see to implement that themselves in their own ways. So this is currently in, in a number of areas in China. But now this is going to be going out to um, 30 million users presently is what they want. And they want that to be obviously scaling up across China. And you can imagine that's going to be the case here.
1: Christian, you know what this is like? I mean, I can't believe the Chinese are into this, but actually I I, I do understand it and I'll elucidate for you, uh, Christian. Th- this is like if you have a sort of tidal problem uh, and you build a breakwater, you know, for a whole harbor or something like that, and you have tidal wave issues. So you build, go out and build a breakwater, but your breakwater is like 20 feet wide and, and it's a half a mile of harbor. Like that's basically what this is. I can't believe the Chinese are the biggest emitters of, uh, hydrocarbons and, uh, CO2 and whatnot, you know, it's, uh, they have plans, they're opening coal plants, like they're going out of style. I think this is a PR move by,
2: the,
1: by the Chinese. But here's the other thing, Christian, and a lot of people don't know this. I'll explain and I'll get your comment. So remember the one child policy in China. It's not in effect now. Um, they've they've they're eased, they've gradually eased it over the years, but the West paid for that. That was paid for by the Rockefeller, the Ford Foundation, uh, maybe even the WHO. But it got a lot of international and American money paid for the one-child policy. It was very unpopular at the beginning, uh, but then the Chinese realized that it had a lot of use the Chinese Communist Party in the in the 70s and early 80s realized this gave them an incredible amount of control right down to the family unit for the population. So they took it and ramped it up to even another level that the globalists that so were probably just in it for Malthusian population reduction purposes, okay, that the, the Chinese took this and seized it because they knew this was a great tool. And they used the international uh, stature, the clout, of these organizations to sell it to their own people as so, no, these are big this is the UN behind this and da 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 so they for their own internal reasons they saw the utility and control i think this is the same type of thing going on i can't see they actually believe in this stuff but it offers a very very strong and uh you know penetrating uh level of control in society which uh let's face it some governments can't resist christian your thoughts
2: you know, I think you you summed it up perhaps better than most. I mean, it really, is about control. It is about society, our control of a population, get them to do what it is that you want them to do. And now you have the law, the force, the uh, the kind of prestigious bodies behind it to say, no, this is what we're going to do. This is why we're doing it, even though they perhaps don't, as you said quite rightly, they perhaps don't believe it themselves. I mean, they are they will use that tool effectively to penetrate into the family unit in a, in a whole new way this is not just about how many kids, kids you have this is how often you go to the shop this is how often are you taking a walk how often are you going to public transport how often do you go to work what are you doing to contribute to uh, the greater society is, is, as their plan is often spoken about but now you have it you know it's it's down to the granular you know every step you take you know could could be rewarding and also for you and us you know it, it it's a whole new level of control on a level we've never seen before, um, but just the sheer movement of people. Oh, it's it's, it's awful to consider this is now in place, uh, but we've kind of known this is going to be a, a moving point, a a goal to get to, and here we are.
1: And I, I want to say, let, let, how does this segue? Let's because the net zero thing, uh, it's still. I mean, I, I the UK is kind of a the front line politically on the net zero agenda you can see the uh conservative party's seen some advantages in sort of kicking it to the curb but have they really kicked it to the curb are they still basically locked into some of these ridiculous policies especially regarding evs and then there's the national grid issue in the uk uh bring us through this issue right to the present christian
2: Well, yeah, like I said, I was saying to you on the back channels, I mean, listening to Parliament TV again, if you can imagine that, which is sometimes the most uh, dire thing to watch, but actually (laughs) it's sometimes the most cruel, uh, kind of on the point topic, because these are... The experts of the government with that and they're having the conference in the committee about how it is we're going to get to what it is we want to get done. So there's those who are planning and those who represent the stakeholders and uh, the best interests, shall we say. And they have their back and forth banter to make a decision about how things are moving forward. So it is actually quite interesting to watch. So I I watched two particular um, debates and talks, the committee conversations this week one of which was uh, the overarching topic of energy security it was a multi party gathering of energy zero and net zero committee if you can believe that um so they were talking about the flexibility of the grid how the uk presently has a really really inflexibility in its grid as and we are not able to build any more technology we're not able to put up a pylon and um, there was a lot of resistance and red tape regarding this Although we we know that we need it in order to deliver net zero in regards to using the cars, and we know we need to put these uh, EV stations out so people can charge the cars, and we need all this tech to come in. However, at a people level, is what's blocking it. And then, and what this was, there was Robbie Owen. You know, he was um, certainly an expert in regards to this. So he had an opening salvo, and it's worth listen to what his points were. He says there's 17 policy statements demonstrating that every five years we have to update and upgrade the energy review process. However, for the last 15 years, we have, there hasn't actually been any change in our energy review policy. So we have meetings to have meetings to decide on what time we're going to have the meeting in five years' time. But nothing's happening. We're not building any infrastructure. We're not building any pylons anywhere because people can, uh, by their community value, stop that by going, my view is not very pretty now because there's an energy pylon outside. So from a... Um, a policy policy point of view, it can all these things need to be built. But from a, a community point, they can block it by going, "Well, um, my view is not is going to be blocked now. My uh, we're going to have it's going to be less pretty view." This is a rural conversation here, but uh, we need to have an innovation regarding bird boxes, nature bridges, um, bird boxes, and power lines. Ways to make it more saleable to the community to stop them blocking what it is that we need to do. And but they kind of the way they left the meeting was. Well, we'll have a meeting in a year's time to discuss what policy and how we move forward with this, and which further prove the point that it's still in a year's time, we're going to be exactly where we are today. There is no movement in regards to the energy crisis in the UK. They know it exists, but they can't get past the meetings for meeting's sake
1: right right so th- this this net zero agenda it's still lingering isn't it i mean this is probably been, still a big topic of conversation at these cop climate summits like you talked talking about in dubai this week um it's still it's still because th- it kind of makes sense why Be- it's it's kind of a slogan isn't it christian it's a brand net zero people sort of use it they can kind of throw it out there in the front and say oh well we are committed to net zero and therefore we are good people we're virtuous and you know d- adopt all these policies which were uh going to put into place and ban combustion engines and we're going to go uh solar and wind targets and all the rest of it but it doesn't really add up it's actually in terms of the economics of a first world you know developed nation they're supposed to have a you know leading cutting-edge economy doesn't work it's like not compatible at all um it you know does does the Conservative Party in the UK see the writing on the wall there? Um, or are they just doing this to uh, make themselves look like they're in opposition on some issue to the Labour Party? Because let's face it, Christian, there ain't much difference between the two. Go ahead.
2: No, they are pretty much you know, two colours of the same bird, as they say. Um, is that Their policies are sort of in line with each other. Because regardless of their individual party politics and what they want to achieve, Um, as a society for their goal, uh, both of which, if you go on their respective websites, Conservative and Labour, they both want the plan for the society of the UK to be that of Solaninsky, which is really interesting and dynamic in and of itself. But um, how are we going to get there? They both have agreed that net zero, it has to be fundamentally part of whatever framework goes ahead. So they have to go with this. They can't not do it. And that is, in and of itself, as a topic, um, certainly... Regards to labour, it's now critical. Uh, it's become a critical issue for them because either they have to oppose it or move forward with it. And if they move forward with it, they're therefore they are in support of it. It's a really interesting, weird dynamic. What's going on there? But uh, no, we've we've already found ourselves. We build these national grid um, wind farms off certainly the north coast of uh, of Scotland, and before they were even completed, they were actually bought by Chinese companies. Um, again, so our infrastructure as we're building it is already going up for sale as someone else is reaping the benefits. We might be getting the power for it but we're not reaching any money out of it. Um, So you kind of wonder, what is our money situation with it?
1: Well, somebody is reaping the benefits from it, Christian. And do you know know who owns the land offshore up to a certain distance offshore around this country uh, where a lot of these wind farms are being proposed and actually being built and in some cases are operational, who collects the ground rent? For that, Christian, because somebody's making money off it. Let me think. Do you have any wild guesses on that? I,
2: we do have a what we used to be called the the Queen's Barrier. Oh. But I guess now it's now it's called the King's Barrier, which is basically a two mile uh, buffer around the country. So I guess this is where you're leaning, yes? Uh, yeah, that two mile
1: buffer. It's a very lucrative uh, sort of strip of land, isn't it? One wouldn't think so. You know, it's just not much down there at the bottom, right? Apparently, no. no. There's green oil there, isn't
2: there? Green oil. <laughs> <In> the... <laughs> I, I guess we, we do hear about that quite often, don't we? It's it's so good to be green, but ultimately it's some of this uh, most disgusting stuff in the world ever. We know it's a poison in many ways for us, but we utilize it for absolutely everything. Um, so, you know, oil is part of our way of life. And I don't think that's ever going to move away. And we don't necessarily use most of it for oil anyway. it's actually used for plastics.
1: No no um, I mean I mean the green oil, the wind wind farms I call oh, sure, it I'm, ca- I'm calling it green oil and by the way, when you're talking about algae, uh, Prince Charles are, I'm still calling him Prince I'm sorry it's a force of habit you, decades and decades uh, of Prince Charles. King Charles, King Charles um, goes out in a boat and talks to the algae, talks to the algae to help the algae bloom and grow. did you know that Christian?
2: I have heard that yeah that's probably been a long time story where he would talk to his plants to make them grow and I guess some would say there is um, something to that but you, I, you I don't know what, what you know what music is.
1: you know what music he plays his plants I, I, Mozart, maybe buck <laughs> no only in, in your dreams christian it's wagner who else <laughs> <laughs> You can take the royal family out of Germany, but you can't take the German out of the royal family. We're digressing, Christian. I'm sorry. We've gone off. When you you brought up the wind farms, I just couldn't resist. Go go
2: ahead. It makes sense. It makes sense indeed. Um, Yeah, so I guess not as much of a segue, but I just kind of move into the other topic I was listening to in regards to these parliamentary um, committee meetings, the one that actually is quite relevant. um, Prevalent. Sorry, uh, it was uh, the International Relation and Defence Committee. So this one happened yesterday, and mainly they were talking about the uh, the other war situation. I mean, there's another war front beginning uh, on the edge of Europe. That is it's certainly not in the mainstream topic of conversation. And I was interesting to find this is the case. So in regard, this is in regards to into Bosnia, into Croatia, into Serbia and the uh, political situations that are happening there so her name was tina she spoke from the london economic school and she represented the croatian government and um, what she was talking about is there's a weakening of the eu's um, presence in those particular countries and as such they are now being steered away certainly in regards to uh to russia to china and uh, she talked about how uh, we need to make that happen the particular part of this conversation was how can the UK help in this meeting? So there was MPs going, so what can we do to help this situation in Bosnia and Serbia in to Croatia? And then she said something really interesting. It's certainly going to pique a lot of ears here. She says, well, the one thing that's really great is the stakeholder level of which the UK, in particular, influences people on the ground. And it's certainly going to be a case that you guys are going to be very familiar with. That is uh, developing independent media, uh, media for all, you know media in action um so and they're using it as a form of way to breach the noise of the narrative that is captured in those countries in particular she was talking about Croatia um, in this particular example but the citizen engagement of local interest holding power to account are the kind of the main themes of these independent media channels uh causing unrest in the people for long-term democratization so the idea is you they're going into these countries media, uh, in action, of course, is very um, familiar to those who who know about the Ukraine situation, know about the Syria situation. These are a uh, BBC-fed uh, organisation who are in the ground, certainly in hotbed territories where there is certainly fluctuating uh, situations. With the idea of destabilising the media in that country, so you have the people rise up to a position where they engage a coup on the country. We've seen this happen uh, time and time again, where the BBC's media and action teams have been going on. Uh, She did say it's now called media for all. And she she actually made that um, particular uh, amendment. She said uh, media in action, media for all. So perhaps we need to be looking at that term as well, uh, about how these are with a long term goal of having it Western orientated in their democracy.
1: Yeah, that's uh, you've heard of smart uh, soft power, Christian. Soft power—that's the sort of flagship BBC approach globally. Uh, British are the are the best at it. Americans have learned from the British actually uh, on how to project soft power. But what you're talking about there, Christian, is called smart power smart power that's just media subterfuge making it appear to be independent this is how they brought down Syria and how they've undermined and attacked a number actually these were perfected uh in, in Yugoslavia to also help to create the conditions for the breakup of Yugoslavia NATO the British government British intelligence U.S intelligence the State Department George Soros is involved in this Enterprise as well as you can imagine uh Christian this is how it's done they do it in Iran They do it anywhere where they feel like they can sort of, you know, Uh, undermine uh, a government that they'd like to see change or to strengthen certain factions, weaken others. Media is a powerful tool and it always flies under the radar. Christian, not everybody's looking close enough at uh, who's funding it, who's driving it. They just see, Oh, this is great. You know, they need media training and Oh, it's wonderful. And all of this stuff, there's an agenda behind it. And it's interesting. They rebranded Christian. I didn't know that, but uh, media for all sounds much more inclusive. What do you think?
2: it is it it takes away the um the language that is about action and in this phrase it is actually a bit, the word action has changed from the word to all now it's a much more inclusive term it's it's soft language It's more euphemism um is is their media program here so and she did speak about like the fact that in those particular countries women's rights are not very well respected uh, lgbt you know. rights aren't aren't very well respected oh. they are not uh, which, countries? which countries which countries but yes, that was these the the, the Balkan countries like like Bosnia. That's correct. Yeah. Okay,
1: Christian, do you see what's going on here? I do, do indeed. The, so so there, so there, there's some regime change action going on, and the, so what you've got, and after the breakup of the Soviet Union, some of the uh, and and then the breakup of Yugoslavia. And you have this sort of changing of the map of Europe, some of these smaller states, okay, that it, so look, look at the states that had good relations with Russia after the breakup of the Soviet Union. That's where the West puts its energy like Georgia, for instance, or, you know, Ukraine, um, and they want to radically transform and they want to, the Balkans, um, the, the, the Baltic states, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. Okay. They want to radically change that same in the Balkans. Christian. Anybody who's got good relations with Serbia, mm, that regime needs to go. What tools do they have to destabilize a country like Bosnia or Herzegovina? Well, they've got the Christian Muslim schism, right? Orthodox Christian tend to lean Serbian-Russian, then you have the Muslims. But within the Muslim population, they want to they want to promote a type of modern Islam or with it's like LGBT friendly Islam or uh what else you know the women's feminist muslim women right so i think this is what's happening i spoke about this earlier in the year with uh, geopolitical analyst joaquin flores who's based in belgrade actually who's been brilliant on this called this out like flagged it up a long time ago just looking at the propaganda coming out it's interesting you bring this up christian because what does that tell us that maybe somebody has plans to destabilize the balkans again that's what i'm 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 reading in this christian go ahead we're going to go to break in a minute but get, let's get your final thoughts on this
2: no I, I i see that as well it's it's certainly it's another front going towards russia isn't it it's another way it can destabilize effectively a neighbor who's friendly to um, the russian state
1: yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's the big agenda uh, of all of this. So from Serbia is the springboard to Moscow. So I'm here with Christian James, our research assistant for the show. Look, we're going to take a break real quick with the network with TNT. I'm Patrick Henningsen, your host. And when we come back, we've got a few more things we need to share with you, important stories. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Stay right there.
0: With his expert analysis and opinion,
1: this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea
0: while the fiery images of mostly peaceful protests coming out of central dublin over the weekend were disturbing and although no one condones arson property damage and violence against police it was good to see the irish finally get their irish up and direct their ire where it properly belongs against their own government which has been selling out the irish people for decades now what triggered the upheaval the stabbing of a young woman and two little children including a five-year-old girl who is still in hospital with life-threatening injuries by a Muslim maniac who was you guessed it known to police the guard had disarmed the man just last month after finding him with an illegal knife they knew he was a problem and they did nothing to stop these attacks Ireland is actively promoting its own destruction. It is committing suicide in exactly the same way the United Kingdom committed social suicide. The number one name for new boys in Galway last year? Mohammed for the first time ever. Ireland needs to get a hold of the fact that the enemy is within the gates and their own government are the ones that have opened the doors. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio.
1: We all know what it's like to feel alone. But it just takes one new connection. Wanna get out of here? To empower many. This is unbelievable. It doesn't take a superhero to bring forces together. We all have
2: the power to reach out. Let's go! And help someone feel like they belong. Pretty cool, huh? We are stronger together.
0: Patrick Henningsen Talks on today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to TNT, today's News Talk. Here we are in the final segment of the final hour already. But uh, we've covered so much ground on so many different key stories. I'm really pleased to be joined by our research assistant for the show, Christian James, on the line right now. And, uh, Christian, I know we were uh, sort of on the back channel Uh, You're looking into this AI story uh, in Israel uh, and how this affects the conflict right now uh, in Gaza. This is fascinating. Can you break this down for us?
2: Okay, yes. So more than the 21st century wire has a very sci-tech element in regards to uh, some of the other things that are happening in regards to the larger peripheral. So this is a story that touched me because I'm myself. I'm a a certified uh, drone pilot. And um, so I take that kind of technology quite interesting. And I came across a particular story that was highlighted via a Politico article and I started digging through um, their sources and I came up, I found a, an interesting angle that nothing's ever been touched before. So I've dropped a number of links into the TNT chat so hopefully people can have a look at what that content is. So it's basically regarding the, the broad stroke topic of uh, the use of artificial intelligence in regards to the current ongoing war between uh, obviously Israel and Gaza. Um, so what happened on the 7th of October a silicon valley company uh, 2 hours after the attack happened uh, on that um in that particular um festival um a, an executive over in the us took a telephone call from an order from the israeli military so his company is called skydio and uh, they ordered more than 100 ai enabled drones uh, from this company and their role really is they they're they do um the bulk recon drones so they're capable of navigating autonomously Producing three scans of buildings and detecting whether people are in those buildings. So Skydio is a, is a really famous company. Uh, but that's so on the very day of the um, October the seventh, Israel military made an order for that. Another company then comes to the uh, fruition, and they're called Shield AI. Shield AI are qu- they produce close quarters uh, armed self piloting combat drones. Um, so they have been deployed now in Gaza. Um, By their own uh, data and information, I've posted a few of those links up there now. So, so they react to shapes uh, thought to be human, i.e., enemy combatants. Um, so they're dispensed into a, an urban environment, and uh, so the U.S. tech firms are actually using the uh, the situation in Gaza as a test ground, as a way to obviously elevate their technology in regards to being in the battlefield because currently they don't have any. So currently, there's as we are, should we say, in peacetimes, um, in a way, uh, we don't get to test these uh, battle systems in the field. But now, with this situation with Israel, yes, they can. The areas they did not have that technology development is in close quarters urban situations. So this has now been engaged. Uh, the Jerusalem Post, they put up an article this past week talking about Israel's operation against Hamas as the first build AI war. So the, I- the IDF is now using artificial intelligence and supercomputing during the last conflict with Hamas in the Gaza Strip. So I found a particular article uh, listed by 349 researchers, technology workers and academics uh, led by Tina Park, who's the head of research and design of the partnership AI company. So she is calling for a complete withdrawal of all technological support from across academia, from defense contractors in the US to pull away from supporting Israel in any way and capacity. So there's a public Google Doc that she put public. And I've dropped that into the TNC chat so everyone can read that. And it's a really um, deep article. And they're more of a statement about they want uh, all tech companies to basically pull away from Israel in regards to the way how they are abusing the people in Gaza and using them effectively as a as a, as a guinea pig for the situation. And uh, as she said in her statement, um, I'll, I'll just pick out a couple of sentences. It's the history did not start on October the 7th, uh, but this is a current crisis crisis and reflects the horrific scale and the extent of violence now being driven by AI use technologies. Uh, A number of companies have signed on saying they support this and they're pulling their support from Israel away, one of which is Mozilla, of course, famous for Firefox and a lot of the AI research um, that's being developed. Again, I've dropped that link into there so everyone can have a look. So that happening is one thing. Um, But beyond that, there's another element of AI being utilised here as well. There is... um, The flip side, so the Israeli support, they are a big uh, proponent of using these surveillance systems, AI systems in place. um, And they're saying, actually, we're trying to save Palestinian lives. And we're doing this by making sure we only target the combatants on the other side. And this includes finding hostages faster, uh, concluding this faster. And we think that this statement made by these companies, made by these people, is actually anti-Semitic. And we will now be withdrawing our funding from these companies. So you can imagine the situation that's actually occurring this past week. Last weekend, it was the Web Summit. Um, Basically, 70,000 people from the tech industry going for a conference. And uh, what happened is all the Israel um, components stepped away and did not go to that conference. Um, So this is now a major schism that's happened in the artificial intelligence and the tech industry and the war industry. Um, They have now found themselves in a schism also created by the situation that we find ourselves watching in Gaza. Um, I dropped a link also that last weekend when President Biden and the guys were in the UK for that uh, tech meeting, uh, they signed an interesting document uh, in regards to the application of AI being used uh, for military uh, use and uh, basically made a a declaration. It's called the Responsible Military Use of Artificial Intelligence and Autonomy. So it was a big thing that uh, President Biden signed where he was over here. And I uh, got 29 other countries to sign on board for it as well. And you can kind of imagine, 49, 45 countries signed on that as well, sorry. And uh, you can imagine, really, that's perhaps a limit. That's a way to limit that development in other countries as opposed to uh, not doing it yourself. Uh, now, what came out of this is Israel has refused to sign on to that document. Um, they are fully intending to continue their development of this TAC.
1: Not surprising. So, yeah, I, I think the key point you put you put in there at the end, Christian, is the, what you said that um, is the U.S signing this kind of you know ethical declaration for ai is is it really for them to 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 cease from using this technology or abusing or weaponizing it or is it for the us in in a way they're doing it to limit other people's development of it and not theirs obviously because the pentagon's going to do whatever it's going to do i would imagine israel's not complying then the us won't either but i think i think you're i think you're right there that that looks like the motivation christian
2: yeah, I, I can imagine. It. It's a way to, to stop the development of that kind of artificial intelligence in other countries. So we know that the US have built these AI-enabled drones, but they aren't necessarily armed. They're not necessarily programmed by the manufacturers because actually part of that process, um, the, so two of the companies who've signed on to this um, agreement actually were the two companies who originally signed the stuff and sold the stuff to Israel, uh, which is another dynamic of this. Um, and they've said, well, ultimately, is that well, what we sold didn't contain that material didn't contain that ability other than we just sold them the drones hardware wise and software wise they're free to do and change and modify anything post post being sold because that's what customers do mm-hmm. um so, <laughs> so it, the,
1: oh so just quick, just quickly on the on the ai drones deployed in uh by israel in over in gaza or are, are are these just re, just a Clarify, Christian to your knowledge, are they only reconnaissance drones or are these combat drones as well do they do can they drop munitions and things like this
2: well, so in regards to those two particular ones so according to the press statements of uh one of the companies that was just double check it skydio uh they were um they were recon drones so they 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 have the ability to see Ah, uh, thermal infrared and uh, have the ability, therefore, to see the environment using three d scans. So no, they are not necessarily armed. However, the ones from ai are mm-hmm. and they are uh, basically close quarter combat drones. and I had a look at some of their specs, and basically they are armed with uh, munitions basically, and uh, the ability to drop munitions. um so that it's most likely means they are being used in a wartime environment.
1: That's pretty frightening. I mean, as uh, autonomous combat drones with deadly force i mean i can't think of another nightmare this is terminator all over again and this is uh regrettable a regrettable chapter christian here it's good to see the responsible ai community and that statement in solidarity with gaza and the palestinian people i mean all these things help of course to build up at least some kind of opposition to this to this sort of trend christian but i i fear christian that uh I really do fear that this trend is um unstoppable and that uh, we haven't seen the worst yet it's going to have to be regulated like nuclear is and things like this but can you really do that and that's the whole question and the answer probably is it's going to be difficult if if states regulate it you know non-state actors are not going to to, to regulate it so you're going to have a disparity in terms of capabilities here this is this is pretty uh, pretty frightening, Black Mirror stuff, Christian. I don't know what to say, but um, your your final thoughts on this. I want to add another AI component uh, before we finish up today. But go ahead, Christian.
2: Yeah, it's a really worrying stuff. I mean, Amnesty International has signed on board with that, and they're raising and banging the drum, as it were. Um, there was an interesting statement. I just a, a line of sentence that I'll finish on here is that it's great value for the United States. They get into field test all their new stuff. So the scis is suntian uh the pentagon now gets to place its base bets on novel technologies with more confidence so uh, with the success of these they know now who to pay and who to raise bets on in, the, in terms of investment if that isn't a worrying statement i don't know what is
1: uh yeah it is slightly worrying i think especially because you know the success Of some of these firms depends on you know how deadly how many people that the uh, some of this tech can kill and maim and that's the sort of measure of success unfortunately they say it's for combat purposes but like who who are they combating against is it other soldiers or is it civilians and uh, I think what we've learned over the last seven weeks uh, watching the uh, Israeli government is that too often uh, the highest levels of technology in the military sphere is going to be used against civilians and not against Against other soldiers, like you see at the uh, arms fairs, I'm sure that make it look like it's combat. But you, we know that we know the truth about it, Christian. But uh, you know, all is not lost, Christian, um, because uh, the Greens are coming to the rescue. Uh, So the AI, like Bitcoin, they've come after Bitcoin because of its huge carbon footprint. So now we're told, and you'll start to see sustainable AI become a buzzword, Christian. So the AI carbon footprint apparently is massive uh, in terms of greenhouse gases emitted compared to other means of production. So they're saying now that... uh, the, the, the tra- training AI for a single model can emit more than 626,000 pounds of carbon dioxide just to train for a single AI model or a module, as it were. Uh, and that's the same amount of greenhouse gases. It's a 62.6 gasoline-powered vehicles in the whole year, Christian. So who knew that AI is the biggest autonomous climate criminal uh, on the planet? And so with any luck, we're going to get St. Greta of Thunberg coming over the hill like Joan of Arc to wage war and shut down the AI. That's the solution to all this. Greta is coming. She's coming
2: to the rescue, Christian. Mounted on the back of a camel across the deserts of, of uh, Dubai. You yeah, know, you can it. imagine this. You know it. How dare you? you ab- How dare you? you?
1: Absolutely know it, Christian. You know it to be true. You know it to be true. Look, um, we're going to wrap up this segment today. But uh, yeah, great. Th- th- these are really important stories. Obviously, I'm, I'm very happy that you're. You're tracking some of this tech, Christian, because it's making its way into the public domain, but onto battlefields as well. So it's really important we keep an eye on these types of stories. But, uh, yeah, just uh, give us a shout your final thoughts uh, before we wrap it up. Go ahead.
2: Well, they say that a single Google search is the same equivalent energy of a, of boiling the kettle six times. So there certainly is going to be an energy cost to doing this AI stuff. But uh it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. You can kind of see the convergence of where these lines are going. It's up to us now to keep an eye on what these things are happening and uh, to talk about it and keep it happening.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be promoting the uh, the green search the green search engines as well. Prince Charles is probably coming out with something, maybe a wind powered. So take some of the billions that he's earning from his wind farms now off the coast and like maybe get him to power a search engine, some server somewhere. The greenest search engine of all, Christian, is just you or I standing on the corner on a soapbox or at speaker's corner in Hyde Park just answering questions. Isn't that the greenest search engine you could possibly have on this planet? I think so. I think we need more of that. It is. Providing you're One-to-one interaction of people. Providing you're a vegan. <laughs> then it works then it works otherwise it's not totally sustainable it's not we don't want to on the soapbox at speaker's corner with it with a giant uh, donor kebab uh and uh, who knows what else uh in tow. yeah that's not going to work is it no fasting vegans at speaker's corner that's the cheapest search engine on the planet and probably more trustworthy and accurate quite frankly compared to what's coming out of google and wikipedia these days uh i dread to say it's not what it used to be christian Thank you very much, Christian James, our research assistant for the show. Appreciate you.
2: Thank you very much, Patrick. Always a pleasure.
1: There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. A big thank you to, wow, what a segment by Jason Lansatos. Unbelievable in the first hour. That is a tremendous. We're going to feature that later in the week. And, of course, Basil Valentine as well. Another great segment from Basil who's just been on point on Gaza like nobody else. So that's all we got time for today. What an amazing program, folks. I'm uh, pleased and honored to be broadcasting today on TNT. Today's News Talk we will be back same time, same place. Tomorrow, Friday, uh, with a few surprises, no less.